So I want to look at Romans 12. We're going to take a little break. I've been in Romans a lot. If you've been doing the journey to the cross, we've uh, had a number of different references in the first nine uh, days of that, 10 days of that have been leading us through uh, Romans, verses in Romans, as well as the Psalms, which I appreciate. And the book of Romans, you can kind of, most scholars will kind of divide up into uh, three sections. Chapters 1 to 8 is Paul explaining the fundamentals and foundations of the Christian faith. It's uh, the gospel message, which uh, we're all commanded to embrace and share. Um, that's, uh, there's a, um, I had a friend when I was a new believer who had a pen, big thick pen, um, with the Romans road on it. It was verses in Romans. Every time you clicked it, it gave you another verse in the beginning of Romans uh, about salvation. Um, all sinned and fall short of the glory of God and, and, and that. Um, so we, much of that is found in the first eight chapters. Then chapters 9 through 11, um, those, that, those two groups, so basically 1 through 11, uh, is where most Christian theology comes from. It's where much of the foundations of the Christian faith that we live, our creeds, are based on the information in there. Paul explains God's sovereignty over salvation. He spells out how any individual may come into a right relationship with God. It's where uh, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Um, that appears in that section. And then the third section is uh, chapters 12 to 16. And here Paul gives us instructions for all Christians about how to live a holy lifestyle. It's, uh, it's a primer, or it, it, it's the beginning of the chapter he writes, and this is what we're going to be looking at today, uh, present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, um, and also do not be conformed to this world. It's in those verses. We're going to read them uh, together right out of the t uh, Bible here in just a moment. But um, believers were conformed their lives to God, not to the world. So we're going to be looking at that today. And lucky for you, this won't be that long of a, of a day. You'll get out of here early and get a good spot in line for lunch. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Uh, I'm going to start just by reading from the New American Standard translation of the Bible, and uh, where it says this. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be, overcome, do not be conformed, rather, to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so, you, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Um, and in fact, let me try another one here too. I'm going to read it again for you in the Amplified Bible. Now, the Amplified Bible is known for being much louder no, that's not what it means. Um, it came out in the 60s, before we had all this technology that we have today. And uh, basically, the Amplified Bible by the Lachman Foundation is a literal equivalent translation. So basically, they took the American Standard Version, and uh, they added to that, they added additional words in brackets and parentheses, not to change the scripture, but to show other alternate renderings or other 
um, using synonyms and definitions to explain the meanings of certain words. Uh, Gordon Fee, who uh, in um, books like How to Read the Bible for... What's the name of the book? How to Get the Most Out of Your Bible? How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth. Thank you. Um, says this, that the uh, Amplified Bible is unique among Bible versions and that it provides amplifications, synonyms, and explanations in brackets and parentheses within the text. The strength of this version is that it acknowledges that no single English word or phrase can capture precisely the meaning of the Hebrew or the Greek. We are reading something that's been translated, and that's important for us to remember. However, since then, we have so many, you can open an app, a free app on your phone today and examine tens, if not hundreds, of different translations. You have the option of looking at these different sources of what different scholars, how they have rendered those same words yourself through software and technology that's available today. So with that in mind, um, Gordon Fee in a later book uh, continues that um, the Amplified Bible had a, a run of popularity um, that's no longer as pertinent. It's better to use several different translations and note where they differ. Okay, all that was a disclaimer to say this. As we study the Bible, it's important for us to really try to absorb what God is trying to teach us. And, and we, if we just look at nothing but one particular translation, unless you're going to go to seminary and learn Greek and Hebrew and, and understand those original languages, we need to bring other resources into it to help us understand. But above all of that, we also have the Holy Spirit who has been promised to, glean, to, to put into us exactly what God means for, from his holy word. So um, prayerfully opening yourself up to God's Holy Spirit as you look at the word is a great way to do that. Another uh, book that I used that came out in uh, 87, published by Moody Press, is called the Discovery Bible. Um, it's no longer in print. It's available as software now that you can buy for over $400. But what the Discovery Bible did is they took, allowed you to look at the, the Bible and use Hebrew and Greek without having to learn the language, because there's some similarities in Greek that is easy to put out. So they put little flags right in the text. Um, that show you when something is a future perfect tense of something, where something means to be continually going on or to be stop and fully stop, and those types of things that are conveyed in the Greek language that is very often kind of skimmed over in everyday English. Are you following me on this, or am I getting too nerdy? You're sweet. Bless you all. So, in Romans 12, 1 and 2 are such an awesome awesome verse. And so I, I want to go through it with us this morning. It's impacted me tremendously, and I hope it will you too. I'm sure you've heard it before. You've probably heard many sermons already if you've been around the church for a while on Romans 12, 1 and 2. So, um, and I don't think I'm bringing something exceptional that, or new that you've never heard before. Hopefully I'm rehashing and re-encouraging you to apply once again what you've already learned. So, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, just to start with that, I urge you, and brethren, brothers and sisters, he's talking to everybody. The word urge there, um, very often in the Greek, is translated as admonish or exhort 
or beseech, a word we don't use much anymore. Here's the cool thing. When Paul says, I urge you, the vision that I would like to see pop into your mind is one that a Bible teacher told my group many years ago, and it's that of a jockey with a stick when it can see the finish line, and there's a horse right next to it, and the jockey is smacking the flanks of the horse. I'm sorry if you think that's cruel. But anyway, it's that, that idea of I am urging you with all that is within me, deeply, passionately. This is Paul. He's doing this in about 56, 57, 58 A.D. Um, and, and he's talking about here about transforming our minds, about by presenting our bodies as living sacrifices. You know, much of Paul's other epistles were written, most of them are written before this, or just about a little bit before here. Most of them are addressing concerns and issues in churches from being conformed by the world. So you can see why he got into this, hey, let's not be conformed to the world. Let's let the Holy Spirit shape our life. So anyway, I urge you, like a jockey urging your horse towards the finish line, by the mercies of God to present your bodies, to present, to, to bring up before him, to, to, to once and for all say, this is you. This is yours, God, as a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God. And acceptable. Now, people go back and forth on this. Is it, are you making yourself acceptable? Is this an, uh, is Paul encouraging us to, okay, don't bring your unacceptable body to God? Or is it the declaration of what God has made, of what Jesus' work on the cross, as we're going through Lent, has made us acceptable? Where we are acceptable to God. What you have is acceptable to God. And what makes it acceptable and valuable is the application of what Christ did for you and the surrendering you and I do of our will to him. It's about surrender. It's always been about surrender. It's about surrender. And every 12-step program in the world talks about surrender. Letting God be in charge. Agreeing that you haven't got it figured out. That someone else has figured it out. That our Heavenly Father designed you to be in a relationship with Him. And so you have to be involved and, and, and we have to surrender to him. And that's how we present our bodies as a living and holy sacrifice. And the verse continues, this is your spiritual service of worship. Uh, other words for there are, this is your logical, rational, intelligent, expected, the common occurrence as a result of the fact that you are what Jesus has done, you are giving your body, you're giving your life to Jesus. It's like the old hymn, take my life and let it be. Consecrated, Lord, to thee. It is what should come next. Our spiritual service of worship. And then verse 2 goes on. Do not be conformed to this world. J.B. Phillips' translation says, 
Don't, let, don't be squeezed into the mold of this world. But be transformed. And again, what we do see is, let me go back a little bit. Do not be conformed. Stop being conformed, as conveyed in the Greek there. We have been conformed. Back then they were being conformed by the culture. We are being conformed by the culture. Is the stuff you laugh or complain or, or, or don't like about social media today, is that conforming your worldview? Is it? You've got to be honest. You, I, not, don't raise your hands. I'm just saying that that tends to be one of the things that happens. We don't realize how we're being influenced so often. The influence is subtle. What we accept now is, uh, is something that perhaps 20 years ago you wouldn't accept or 100 years ago, that society wouldn't accept, or certainly that the church wouldn't accept. We're embracing things today, not because we're more enlightened, but because we are being indeed conformed by the world. And that's what we want to avoid. And the way to avoid that, to not be conformed, is by renewing your mind. Renewing our mind. Now, how do we do that? We do that with this, right? With God's Word. Looking into his word on a regular basis. And you can have it on an app. That's a great thing, too. Uh, I recommend you have a real-life paper Bible. You want to know how to get in the habit of reading God's word every day? Leave an open Bible on your nightstand. Open to where you want to start again in the morning. Have it open to a psalm. If it's already open, you have much more inclined than, you, than if it was closed and you had to open it even. The little tricks that I do that I learned from other people to get into God's word so that it can impact my mind and their, my, my life for Jesus. Does that make sense? Can that be helpful? Don't be conformed to this world. Don't, be conformed. Don't get up and scroll through your Facebook feed and see how left-wing or right-wing or whatever wing um, your friends or enemies may be leaning on or meaning on but rather open God's word and allow it to, to purify, to conform your mind to his thoughts, to his word, so that it can renew your mind. And, and then you will be transformed. And you've probably heard that in lots of sermons before, that transformation. It, it metamorph it's the same word we get metamorphosis from. It's the caterpillar coming out of the, what's it called, a chrysalis? Or a cocoon and becoming a butterfly. And uh, it's, it's a total transformation that takes place. And that's just, uh, we get this in there, our minds will be transformed. But the difference here is that the Greek language, the words used there, don't talk about it as a one and done. It's an ongoing, continually being transformed process. Continually being transformed, continually being transformed. That's part of your everyday spiritual worship, right? And by that, by this renewing of your mind, you'll be able to prove. Well, who are you proving it to? Well, you're proving it to yourself. We're proving it to yourself. We're seeing it proved out in our lives that... The will of God, which is good and acceptable and perfect. 
Perfect uh, also means complete. The will of God is complete. So let me go through it again. Therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual, logical, rational, intelligent service of worship. And do not be conformed, stop being conformed to this world, squeezed into its own mold, but be transformed continually over and over again by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove again and again, day to day, action to action, what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Those are what, that's our goal. That's a good, that's the goal, Paul's goal for us in Romans 12, 1 and 2, is to do that. How do we do that? How often have you, I get asked all the time, and how many times have you gone, God, what's your will? I need to know your will. Well, here's how you know your will. Here's how you know God's will, rather. You know God. St. Augustine said, love God and do what you want. Now, you love God and do what you want because what you want, because you've crawled up on that altar, because you've been the living sacrifice. You've given your life over to God, to his control. So what's going into your mind, those things that you want to do as you are surrendered to Christ are going to be things that God has given you, the mind of Christ. You don't have to guess so much. You don't have to be stressed out about it because those things are coming from Father of Lights to you when we surrender ourselves to him, when we're not conformed to the world, but we're surrendering to his will. So do you want to change jobs? You can change jobs. Do you think it may be from God? Absolutely. You want to ask her to marry you or ask him to marry you? You can. Do, we do that nowadays, I heard. Um, so go ahead and do that. If it's not God's will, believe me, he or she will say no. And crush your spirit, but you'll get over it. You'll get over it because you're surrendered to God, right? You'll be able to taste and see that the Lord is good. You'll be able to prove that which is good and acceptable and perfect. You're not being conformed anymore to this world, but you're being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Man, I, I, it, I, I think of the movie Transformers when I read that. So, you know? Good, glad some of you also did. Is that, you know, there's a cool-looking car, and all of a sudden, all this flipping around and stuff, and it's this giant, powerful being that uh, has quirky attributes if you watch the movies. But the point being is that it's a total transformation. What once looked like this now looks like this. That has been my experience. Things I used to do, I don't do anymore. And I, it's because God is transforming my mind to the degree that I surrender it to him. Those things that I still haven't quite got out of my life are those areas that I haven't really surrendered fully to him. I haven't allowed him to be, to saturate my mind on his word and allow him to work through into me his love, his life, his power, his direction. So like Paul, I urge you also, brothers and sisters, to present your body as a living sacrifice. 
And the problem is we need to recognize when we scamper off the altar, see, living sacrifices can climb off the altar. That's the problem. You know, dead sacrifices, you're up there, you're done, right? It's like the old joke about the pig and the chicken seeing the breakfast sign that says bacon and eggs, and uh, the chicken says, hey, we should go in, and the pig goes, yeah, well, for you, it's just an idea, but for me, it's a commitment. We have to burn bridges behind us. We have to really, and we do need to burn bridges behind us. Do we do that, or are we holding a little something back in case things don't quite go the way we want them to? It's a good way to test and measure your surrender. It's your surrender is fully, have you surrendered as fully as you hope to? And don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you can taste and see what the will of God is. His plan, his purpose for you. You know, I really don't think I have that much more on it for you this morning. I think this is really it. I think God has given us this opportunity to really do that, to surrender, to truly surrender, to, to, to do as the verse says, uh, in view of God's mercy, in view of all he's already done for us and his ongoing work of redemption. You've been saved, you are saved, you're getting saved. His salvation is all over us. And our typical response, the response that we should have for that is to present, offer our bodies a living sacrifice, do not conform to the world, but be transformed so that we can test and approve what God's will is. You'll know God's will. You don't got to be stressed about God's will anymore. Aren't you glad you came this morning? Got that covered. Be able to prove what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. That's it. That's all I have this morning. So I'm going to pray over you and bless you. We have, we're able to uh, pray for you if you want prayer or anything. Um, We'll pray for one another, allow God's Spirit to touch you. And if, and again, if you're wondering, it's a little quieter up here. Half of our uh, worship team, half of our, uh, both our senior uh, pastors, co-pastors, our board of directors, everybody went to a conference in Florida, left me here alone with the keys of the church. Been offered, Jeff actually flew back to play drums, so... <laughs> So come again, come often, let us change your life, tell your friends, and definitely be here next Sunday night. This multi-church worship experience, I think, is going to launch us to a whole new phase of being able to surrender and prove what God's will is and see it released even more in this area. So Heavenly Father, I thank you and praise you, Lord, for the opportunity to gather together in your name this morning. Lord, I pray your hand would be upon our lives not with a heavy, oh no, Lord, but with a joyful thank you, with grateful hearts that we can receive from you, Lord, what you have for us. Allow us to climb back up on the altar, to surrender our lives fully to you, to discard the things of the world, to dive into your word and allow it to transform our minds for our own benefit, as well as to benefit the world with the message of your kingdom come and salvation available in Jesus Christ. That is my prayer for myself and all of you in Jesus' name. Amen.
Let me bless you on your way out. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Go be the church. Amen.